We the ones. We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Choose your fighter. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together. Outstanding. There's an earthquake in the middle of the podcast. Unbelievable. We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Music City Audible podcast presented by the Pharmacy Burger Parlor and Beer Garden in Nashville in partnership with Broadway Sports Media and 440 Sports. Welcome, everyone, to the podcast. I'm Justin Graver, Justin Mello, joining me as always. And we have, I tweeted out earlier, we had a big announcement. We actually have two big announcements to make. Justin, are you excited? How's it going? I'm extremely excited. I think this is great news for our listeners. It's great news for all involved. Uh, let's not tease them any longer. Let, let, let's give the people what they want. They want to know what's going on here. So we are excited to welcome the show's very first sponsor. It is the Pharmacy Burger Parlor and Beer Garden. This is Nashville's original beer garden. We're super excited to be partnered with a local Nashville restaurant, the go-to place for burgers. Justin, what do you have to say? The most important thing to me, in all honesty, was for you and I to partner with a local business in in Nashville, a local partner that has gained trust in that community. They've been serving Nashville for more than 10 years. You won't find a better spot for burgers, beer. Uh, Their sides are incredible. We're talking about worsts, German sausages, hot dogs, whatever you call them. The pharmacy's got you. They're going to take care of you if you head down there. Let them know you're friends of the Music City Audible pod. Super excited to have the pharmacy on board with us. Thank you to The Pharmacy. Thank you to 440 Sports and Broadway Sports Media. Um, That's the first big announcement. But we have another one. You may have noticed the title of this episode has nothing to do with previewing the New York football giants. And that is because we are going to be dropping two episodes per week this season. Monday nights, we're going to drop our game recap. So whatever game just happened, Monday night football, we have that week two. So we will have to do a late one on Monday night week two, but every other week you're going to get a Sunday football recap on Monday evening. And every Thursday, Thursday night, probably you're going to get a preview of the upcoming game. So instead of combining them into one long episode that drops like way before the preview is even relevant, we're going to get your recap right after the game and your preview right before the next game. Two episodes of the Music City Audible. We're super excited for this new era of the show. And with all that said, Let's get into it because there's something that happened over the last week that was very not exciting. In fact, the least exciting thing that's happened to the Titans in a while since Derrick Henry went down, I would say. And that was the news. Adam Schefter broke that last Wednesday in practice, the Titans, what, last practice before they were going to go off for a little break for Labor Day weekend. They're back at practice on Monday the 5th, but... In their last practice of, like, before a game week, Harold Landry tears his ACL. Awful news. Titans' top pass rusher just signed a mega contract this offseason. We're really excited for his future. And now this season is lost. You have to expect that next season he'll be slow to come back and, and not really be himself for most of the year. So a really brutal loss for a defense that was returning so many starters, excited to pick up where they left off. He had one and a half sacks in the playoff game against the Bengals the Titans as a team had nine sacks obviously Landry a huge part of that pressure so just awful to see a guy go down what Justin what was your instant reaction yeah we're not going to sell this short this is a big loss right as as good as Tennessee's pass rush was last season and it was very good 
Um, Landry led them right with 12 sacks. He, he was your number one sack artist. Uh, certainly, you know, the pressures and all that quarterback hits you factor in Jeffrey Simmons and Dina Kowatri were terrific as well. And that's probably a fair argument worth having, but the numbers are the numbers. Harold Landry was their most productive sack artist with 12 quarterback takedowns. That's a loss. And it's a loss beyond the numbers. You watch Tennessee's defense, you realize Harold Landry does a little bit of everything for them. He just doesn't get after the quarterback. He also stops the run. He drops in coverage. He plays a little off-ball linebacker. That's such a specific role they've carved out for Harold Landry in Tennessee. Defensive coordinator Shane Bowen loves him. Outside linebackers coach uh, Ryan Pro loves him. It's, it's very difficult to replace a player like Harold Landry. Again, this is a guy that's given them 2,000 snaps over the previous four seasons. I think that's a fact that perfectly captures how important he is um, to the overall productivity of this defense. Every year we seem to go into a season saying, and we talk about this all the time, you and I, the coaches say, we're going to try to give Harold Landry a couple more breathers this year. We want to see him on the sidelines. That's rarely happens, right? I think he was, I think he played 990 snaps roughly this past season. I guess they gave him a bit of a breather because he's over a thousand the year before. Right. So this is a guy that is, is per, essentially never comes off the field um, for the Titans. So I'm not going to sell it short. Uh, it's obviously a very devastating blow. Yeah, and we're going to talk now about how the Titans can try to replace some of that production that Landry gave them. I think this is an interesting discussion because on the one hand, Landry is not your, tr your traditional sack artist who just wins one-on-ones on the edge. He's not like a TJ Watt, Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett kind of player. He is a guy that... The Titans defense moves all around the field. They'll line him up on the left, on the right, back off of the off the line as like a blitzer, like a joker role. He's used heavily in stunts. He gets freed up by the big defensive lineman the Titans have. And he's a guy that a lot of people were kind of like, I guess, underrating because a lot of his sacks came on unblocked plays. But that's how the Titans defense is designed is to get him to be the free rusher. And he's so good at closing in and actually finishing that free pressure into a sack as opposed to just letting the quarterback spin out of the pocket or whatever. So on the one hand, you think maybe someone else can do this job because you're not necessarily relying on the hardest thing to find in football, which is besides a great quarterback is somebody that can just easily consistently win one-on-ones off the edge. But at the same time, if anyone could do Landry's job, they're not going to, they wouldn't have paid him the five year contract that he got this off season. So obviously it's a huge loss. Ultimately, I think it comes down to philosophically, will the Titans change what they do? Or will they ask someone else to step in and play the role, the wild card joker role, and see if they can get at least 80% of the production that Harold Landry gave them? And that's what I think is going to be really interesting. You, obviously, your next men up are Rashad Weaver, Ola Adaini. Rashad Weaver is very much hand-in-the-dirt type of edge rusher. He's not the kind of guy that's going to drop and play an inside linebacker role before the snap whereas Landry did that quite often. He's not going to be the most natural guy in coverage. Ola Adeni, though, is a mover. Special teams ace, gets down the field quickly, has inside linebacker and outside linebacker experience. Now, I'm not expecting Ola Adeni to pop off for a 10-sack season or anything. I do think he's probably the guy that you look to, though, to take on most of Harold Landry's role, assuming that he knows the complexities of the defense on that level to play multiple positions. What do you think? This is a difficult question to answer. I agree with a lot of what you said. I think it's fair and honest for us to acknowledge that this is a big blow 
but you're correct that Harold Landry is not Miles Garrett or TJ Watt, right? He's not a dominant one-on-one, uh, you know, pass rusher that just goes out there and beats opposing offensive tackles 1v1 with extreme consistency. This is a guy that certainly benefited from the way Tennessee's defense is set up and structured. Uh, one thing you didn't mention there that I would like to touch on is I wonder how much they kick Dina Kowatri outside this season in Harold Landry's absence. That's something we saw Autry do a lot last year. If my memory serves me correctly, particularly when Bud Dupree was out of the lineup, their outside linebacker depth took a hit. They kicked Autry outside and, and, and utilized him in that role. Now, part of me wonders if that's, you know, partially the plan going forward without Harold Landry is kicking Dina Kowatri outside with more consistency. And then you've got a guy like Demarcus Walker, right, who they're really high on, a second wave uh, free agent signing uh, that they've talked up all offseason long. They've talked about his versatility, cap- ability to play inside and outside. He's done that throughout his career. Heck, he might be able to give you some snaps outside, but I wonder if a part of the plan includes Dina Kowatri playing outside and kicking in Demarcus Walker um, to Autry's regular spot across the defensive line. Right. So, and, and I would almost go as bold as to say, when we analyze this at the end of the year, Demarcus Walker, Rashad Weaver, Ola Daney, even though they're all very different players, so to speak, which one of them earned the most snaps as a direct result of the Harold Landry injury. And I'm inclined to say that it could be Demarcus Walker. Yeah, that, that will be interesting to track throughout the course of the season. And this is a pretty natural segue into another bit of news that came right afterwards. Titans have claimed former Steelers outside linebacker Derek Tuska off waivers. Tuska was a 2020 seventh-round pick, played for the Broncos, didn't really play at all for the Broncos, uh, was with the Steelers last year, played fifth, played in 15 games. He had two sacks last year. He's just a guy that's going to be you know the back end of the rotation now because everyone else has to get bumped up a roll. But... When everyone else gets bumped up a roll, you're going to see probably a bigger rotation. I would expect Weaver, more of an early down kind of guy, force set the edge, stop the run. Like you said, Autry playing outside. Walker can play inside and out. So I would, I would, you're just talking about how much Harold Landry played, you know, like a thousand snaps. Like the guy, aka the guy, or not the guy, the guys who replaced Harold Landry. It's not going to be one guy coming in to play a thousand snaps. It's going to be all these guys together picking up what they are now missing with Landry out. Yeah, I ultimately agree with that. A couple of quick notes on Derek Tuska. Played at North Dakota State, uh, was teammates with Dylan Radens there. I'm sure Titans fans are going to get super excited overhearing that. Uh, 195 special team snaps for the Steelers last year. So not only are you getting a rotational pass rusher, but you're also getting a guy that can play special teams. We know how much the Tennessee Titans love guys that can play special teams. And real quick note on that is I think that Ola Adeni maybe doesn't play as much. I know he's like your ace on special teams, but you're going to need him fresher on defense. You can't have him like covering a, a kick and then having to go right out on the next play and play like covering a punt and then being on the field first down. Like he's going to be gassed. So I do think we'll see Tuska take on a lot of that special teams role. That's a good point, right? Because Tuska can do some of that. I will say I was extremely intrigued with him coming out of North Dakota State. I remember him very well throughout, you know, my. My, my draft work, of course, um, you know, throughout those months. This is a guy that had like 13 and a half sacks his senior season. He was extremely productive at North Dakota State as a three-year starter. Now, obviously, that 
hasn't transitioned to the NFL yet, right? He's he's already this he's on his third team after only completing two seasons. It's not a great sign, obviously, that he's been a bit of a journeyman already. Um, certainly, it's a it's a big jump to the pros, right? From North Dakota State, we've seen that with Dylan Radens. Uh, anytime a player is making a jump from that level, there's going to be an acclimation period involved. Um, but I am excited to have him. I, I do expect him to be active on game days and play a role. It's worth noting, semi interesting to me. Uh, that they decided to go that route instead of simply promoting David Anini from right. the practice squad, right? A guy who led them with three sacks in the preseason, two fumbles forced. They opted to go with uh, NFL experience, right? And going to claim uh, Derek off waivers uh, as opposed to simply promoting Anini. So I thought that was a bit interesting, but I thought it was pretty clear that they, they probably just feel um, Anini still needs some sharpening on the practice squad. Whereas Tusk is a guy who played against them last year, by the way, um, with the Steelers and, and played his best game of the season, uh, according to Mike Miracles uh, on Twitter. So I'd have to go back and revisit that film myself. But uh, certainly a guy they had a look at last year, and they decided to bring him in as opposed to simply promoting a ninny. Yeah, that's definitely a weird, I mean, not weird, but interesting. Just shows you where they like they like a ninny. He's on the practice squad, but they maybe don't feel he's ready to have a role on the defense just yet. Um, I think the defense overall, how do you think this affects the outlook for the season? Because my first thought was this is terrible, but the more I think about it, as great of a player as Landry was for this defense, I really think it's still going to be one of the better units in the NFL. Jeffrey Simmons and Danico Autry are super talented pass rushers on their on their own in their own right. I think that we're still going to see this team get a lot of pressure. You're still going to see the the coverage is going to be sticky with this young group of corners rotating in with McCreary and Farley, Fulton and Molden. The one of the best safety tandems, if not the best safety tandem in the league, with Byard and Hooker. Your middle linebackers this year, your inside linebackers, Zach Cunningham and David Long to start the year. This time last year, they were starting Rashawn Evans and Jayon Brown, right? And we were all wondering, why isn't David Long starting, right? So I think that overall, the defense is going to still possibly be even better than it was last season, even without your best pass rusher in Harold Landry. I do think this is still going to be a very, very good defense. And they'll be able to, to, to get past this, you know, terrible setback for Landry. I think what I'm most curious to find out, uh, we were we were privy to a little fun back and forth between two of our friends, and I'm, and I'm going to call them out by name. I don't think they'll mind. Uh, you know, Mike Miracles, of course, a friend of the show, and James Foster at, at No Flags Film. And, and it was such an interesting debate they were having in a chat that we're involved in, uh, whereas Mike, you know, initially felt that it was, of course, a very difficult blow and that the Titans pass rush, uh, you know, was, of course, going to suffer, uh, you know, via this loss of Harold Landry. And whereas uh, James kind of came in and, and, and thought that, um, that most of the pressure last year, most of the sack production was a result of terrific coverage, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it always reminds me, no matter what, everyone sees the game differently. And that's why you get varying opinions uh, on, on scouting reports and draft prospects, right? That's why I argue with my colleagues on prospects. We always <laughs> are, right? That's that's a natural part of football. It's, it's a good thing, right? It, it uh, increases collaboration and intelligent discussion. So to me, it'll be very interesting to see how much does this pass rush um, help the secondary this season without Harold Landry, or is it a vice versa? Are they still productive because the secondary is doing such a good job covering and quarterbacks have to hold on to the ball for three, three and a half, four seconds. Right. So that we'll see how it plays out. I'm definitely still high on the, what the Titans defense can be, but of course a huge loss. You got one more point. Yeah. Before we pivot away from this Harold Landry discussion, I think it would be uh, negligent of us 
not to mention um, how big this is for Bud Dupree, right? Entering his second season in Tennessee, obviously signed a massive five-year contract last offseason, wasn't as productive last year as you, you hoped he would be, certainly not as productive as the Titans paid him to be. We've talked on this show many times about how they were a more productive unit overall with Bud Dupree on the field as opposed to him off it. That's a fact. Their pressures, their sacks per game, all of that was uh, better when Bud Dupree was on the field. But there's no denying that he wasn't as productive as they paid him to be. He only had a couple of sacks. They didn't pay him 15 $20 million a year to record two, three, four sacks a season, right? They paid him to be a 10 sack kind of guy. Now that he's a year fully removed uh, from the ACL, we know that hampered him last year. He missed several games with knee soreness, knee pain. He wasn't hundred percent last year. Now that he's a full year removed from that, we have seen it, there are lots of indicators out there, lots of history that suggests players are considerably more productive, right? When they're a year removed from the ACL. He is now a year removed from the ACL. They just lost his running mate in Harold Landry. The Titans really need Bud Dupree to be healthy and productive this season. They absolutely do. All right, we're going to talk a little bit about Derrick Henry's new contract. We're going to run through the practice squad, talk about some guys who ended up on IR, and a really exciting addition to the practice squad that happened after all the cuts went down. But before we get to all that stuff, I want to remind you guys to visit the Pharmacy Burger Parlor and Beer Garden located in East Nashville. Check them out before you go downtown. Any event you got downtown, concerts, Predators games, go before, hang out, get some drinks with your friends. They can accommodate large parties with very little issue. Birthday parties, get-togethers, reunions, weddings. If you want the best burgers, the best worsts, and authentic German beer with an authentic soda gun and soda rail, the pharmacy is your place and also great for families. You know, when I was a kid, that soda gun rail thing, it was like the coolest spot to visit when I was a kid. If you have young ones out there, I would really suggest taking them to the pharmacy. Justin, what do you think? I can't wait to go to Nashville myself and and visit. I'm a big burger and beer guy. I don't hide from that, baby. I'm a big burger and beer guy. So when I'm in Nashville, the pharmacy is automatic for me. It's a must stop. And I'm a foodie. So when I, when I get a chance to visit Nashville, I've been so many times throughout my life I go on a food tour. I got to hit up all my favorite spots when I'm in Nashville. I'm not embarrassed by it. I get home. I gain seven pounds in four days. <laughs> Quit asking me, okay? <clears throat> Pharmacy is a must stop for me when I'm in Nashville, baby. Yeah, absolutely must stop. Check them out. 731 McFerrin Avenue, Nashville, Tennessee. Seriously, guys, you're not going to find a better burger in this city, so head over to the pharmacy. Let's talk now about Derrick Henry's new contract. The Titans add $2 million to Henry's salary for the 2022 season, tack on three void years to the contract. Kind of just playing some some cap magic here. You want to talk us through exactly what this means for Henry's cap hits and, and especially the dead cap going forward? Yeah, there are a couple interesting wrinkles here. First of all, it reduces his cap hit this season from $15 million to $9.8 million. That's significant, right? More than $5 million in savings. Well, why did the Titans do that? We're still waiting to find out because I was yeah. under the impression they weren't in dire need of getting some immediate cap relief for those, you know, typical in-season roster moves. Uh, that was, they didn't need to create, you know, more than $5 million in room to do that this year. I thought maybe something big was coming after uh, the Harold Landry injury. We haven't seen that yet, right? Obviously, they went, and go, went to go get Tuska from Pittsburgh, as we said. It's not like they went to go get a Jason Pierre-Paul or made a big trade, a, a, a big splash at the position. So that's interesting. But the biggest thing takeaway for me here is prior to this restructure, 
If the Titans were to release Derrick Henry next offseason, they would have saved roughly $12.5 million in cap space. Now, following this restructure, that number is reduced significantly to only $3.75 million. That tells me a few things. A, the Titans are extremely confident that Derrick Henry is still at the top of his game and is going to be playing at a high level not only this season, but well into 2023 as well. The likelihood of Derrick Henry being on the 2023 Titans just increased significantly, in my opinion. And I think that's notable because, look, you might be listening saying there's no way they were going to cut Derrick Henry. I've seen his name floated, right? We know that this offense is going through a transition, right? They, they spent the majority of their 2022 draft capital on that side of the ball. Malik Willis, a new tackle in Petit Friere, two receivers in Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips, a new tight end in Chigakwankwo. This offense is starting to hit the reset button. It's not a full reset this year, but it's starting to trend in that direction. Guys like Ryan Tannehill, Taylor Lewan, Jeff Swain, so on, Austin Hooper, Robert Woods even, none of these guys are guaranteed to be on the 2023 Titans. Titans can cut all, pretty much all those guys next offseason and save a boatload of money. At one point, Derrick Henry was a part of that group, of that potential outgoing group where they could cut him and save a bunch of money. That is no longer the case. They could still cut him and save a little bit of money, but now you really start questioning, am I going to cut Derrick Henry to save less than $4 million? So what this does for me, in my opinion, this restructure, it significantly increases the chances that Derrick Henry is a 2023 tie-in. That should be good news for our listeners because it really tells you that the staff, they've been evaluating him all offseason. They're very confident that he's way past the foot injury. That was a freak accident. That's not something that's the recurring type and Derrick Henry is ready to hit the ground running for the Titans again. Yeah. It's exciting to know that the King is back to, to, to reclaim his throne and hopefully reclaim his throne as the NFL rushing leader. We'll see how that goes. But I have a couple theories about where this money could be going, because like you said, they didn't necessarily need this money and it happened on Thursday. We didn't find out about Harold Landry's injury until Thursday, but that injury happened in Wednesday's practice. So they knew about the injury. Then they freed up a bunch of money tells you that they might be going to look at a potential pass rusher replacement. Like you said, they could try to trade for somebody on a team that if there's a disgruntled player out there, if there's a free, there's really not a lot on the free agent market, you know, and Jason Pierre-Paul was extremely inefficient last year. So I don't think that he's even really a good option or an option at all. But the other possibility is that they aren't looking at pass rush at all. The Titans, we're going to get to this in a second but I'm going to bring it up now. The Titans added Josh Gordon to the practice squad. Josh Gordon had a chance to go back and play with the Chiefs on their practice squad, saw an opportunity in Tennessee to possibly get on the field faster and chose to come to the Titans practice squad. But there are a few receivers still out there. You know, this tells me the Titans are not necessarily thrilled with their wide receiver depth, nor should they be. There's only five guys on the active roster right now, and one of them is Cody Hollister who obviously they like Cody Hollister, but you know, Cody Hollister to me is like the Jeff Swaim of wide receivers. He's just extremely undynamic. He does what he's supposed to do, but he's like, this guy's not making people miss after the catch. He's not doing exciting. He's not making exciting big plays. He's not an overly dynamic receiver, right? He's someone that knows the playbook. Well, he's been there since 2019 He's really tough, right? Uh, You saw that in the preseason bounced up from a a terrible hit near the sideline. So Guy that blocks his butt off, plays with a lot of effort. But you're correct in, in terms of he's not, a, he's not a dynamic player. 
And there's still a couple dynamic free agent wide receivers out there. Will Fuller's on the market. Odell Beckham Jr.'s on the market. OBJ's still recovering from a torn ACL. Could take him a while to really be ready to go, but that's something that could happen in season. Although I did see that the Rams are like leaving his locker open for him. So (laughs) maybe he's going back to LA. Um, But Will Fuller, obviously a connection with Tim Kelly and some other members of the Titans coaching staff. I don't know about Will Fuller's durability or if the coaching staff really even likes him. But I do think he could be a potential fit here on a receiving core that could use some deep speed and just more guy, more bodies in the room. I think the most important thing for us to note is the Titans didn't make an immediate move, right, with the cap space they saved right. by restructuring Henry, but that they also don't have to. And they're not pigeonholing themselves, I think, into we have to go get an edge rusher right now. We have to go get a wide receiver right now. They've afforded themselves the financial freedom and the flexibility necessary to make that move in season. That gives them a chance to assess the wide receiver group, to assess the pass for us group. Heck, I need my pop-up elsewhere. You never know, across the offensive line, in the defensive backfield, so on and so forth, where maybe they can go get a guy week five, week six, uh, right before the trade deadline even, uh, with that cap space that they now have. Exactly. And that's what smart organizations do. They're prepared. Something else happens, they have the money. Or if they want to make a move now to uh, to address Harold Landry's issue, offensive line depth, wide receiver depth, any, anything could, is possible now. But they have some flexibility, and that's the important thing. Let's let's talk a little bit about the practice squad. Let's just, I think, run through the list of guys that, were, that have been added to the practice squad. And, of course, talk about the big name that I just brought up, Josh Gordon. On the practice squad... You have, obviously, we all expected, quarterback Logan Woodside. Wide receiver Des Fitzpatrick did get added to the practice squad. We thought that that might happen. We weren't sure. Mason Kinsey's back on the practice squad. Laurel Murchison made it back on the practice squad. Xavier Newman-Johnson, Andrew Repsich are back. Uh, Jordan Roos is back. What a head of hair that man has. I bet Jordan Roos seats at the pharmacy. I'm just going to throw that out there. He looks <laughs> like a yeah, guy. He does. I-, I love it. Um. Yeah, the Titans initially added tight end David Wells to the practice squad, but they've since swapped him out with Kevin Rader. Uh, Sam Okiwanu made it. Jaden Peavy made it. David Anini we mentioned earlier. A surprising one, Chris Jackson was released from the from the team, but he's back on the practice squad, a guy who really knows the defense. This year's sixth-round pick, Theo Jackson back. Linebacker Joe Jones. Trenton Cannon, which is interesting because you and I kind of said that we really didn't think that would happen, but Trenton Cannon back on the practice squad. And the international pathway player, Thomas Odakoya, is also back. He's a tight end that the Titans are working to develop. Any thoughts on the practice squad? I mean, the only real surprise to me was Trenton Cannon. I mean, I don't know. Reggie Roberson was let go for to make space for Josh Gordon. Hello! What if Josh Gordon's good, dude? That's my only question. Before I get into Gordon, hold your horses. I'm going to make two real quick notes on this practice squad. All but two of these players were with the Titans throughout training camp in the preseason. Those two players, of course, are Josh Gordon and tight end Kevin Rader. I I think that really showcases that this was a good roster. This was a roster they really liked, right? And that's a good sign. That's a good point. Look at the waiver claims. Seems like the Jacksonville Jaguars, Chicago Bears, they swapped in five, six players on their active roster. The Titans are pretty much keeping the same practice squad uh, of, of, of players that they had. So that tells you they really liked this team. They're thrilled to get guys like Logan Woodside, Des Fitzpatrick, Laurel Murphy. Jordan Roos, uh, David Anini, Chris Jackson, Theo Jackson, Joe Jones, guys they all really liked. They're happy to have them all back. On the topic of Josh Gordon, uh, to close this out, uh, excited to see what he could do, right? I, I thought he had a great attitude. 
uh, during his, you know, introductory sort of press conference. I don't want to call it a press conference, but they talked to him at practice on Monday. Reporters were uh, in the locker room speaking with him. Thought he had a great attitude. Practice clips looked good. Uh, he said he's hoping to be on the field this Sunday against the Giants. I mean, that would really be something if they elevate him from the practice squad. It, it's very possible, right? As we said, Titans have five receivers on the active roster right now. One of them is Cody Hollister. That's a result of the unfortunate Racy McMath injury. We now know it's a hip injury. He's on injured reserve, which guarantees he's going to miss at least the first four games of the regular season. Hip injuries are tricky. He could very well miss longer than that. If right. so, there's a direct path here for Josh Gordon to get on this roster, contribute, um, it's exciting to have him, right? I think we have to certainly tamper our expectations a little bit. You saw what he did in Kansas City, the lack of production there. He had a stint in a league I had never heard of recently, in all truthfulness. I think it was the fan-controlled league, it was called. Um, tamper your expectations, but I do think there's a chance for him to come in here and at least earn snaps. And if he does that, it certainly opens the door open uh, for, a, for a productive season for him. Uh, Robert Greenlaw of uh, Broadway Sports Media uh, he's predicting a very modest 5,000 receiving yards this season for Josh Gordon. Well, Josh Gordon did once have 200 yards in two straight games. So if he did that for 17 straight games, he'd be at 3,400. That's pretty close. Um, I'm, I'm excited that this guy's name is on the roster. You know, I'm walking around the building at work and the day after Harold Landry tears his ACL and nobody at work is like, oh, bummer about Landry, dude. They're all like, hey, Josh Gordon on the Titans. That's so cool. And it's like... It's a cool thing, but it's I don't know if I expect him to really do anything, but we will see how, how this plays out. It's just uh, exciting. I'm really getting tired of saying we'll see how this plays out, but we are at the end of the, the offseason here. The season is about to start. Our next episode will be previewing the New York Giants with a special guest, Patricia Trena. She is the publisher and a writer for GiantsCountry.com, which is a part of Fan Nation for SI.com. Also the host of the Locked On Giants podcast. Really excited to get her opinion on how this game will unfold, her thoughts and information about this Giants roster with a new coaching staff, a big year for Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley coming back from injury. So that will be our next episode coming out on Thursday. That's all we got for today, though. Justin, any last words before we sign off? I'm really excited to bring Patricia on later this week. Uh, very few people I know are in that uh, know that market as well as Patricia does. She's an expert on all things Giants. She's someone I have tremendous respect for in this industry. I've been lucky enough to interact with her on, on you know several occasions throughout the years. Super excited to bring Patricia on. Hope all our listeners uh, are enjoying the new format. Two episodes a week. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense for our listeners. We had you guys in mind where we will spend the early episode uh, of the week recapping the Titans game that just occurred. I don't think you really want to hear a preview episode for the next game on a Monday or a Tuesday. We'll spend that time recapping what just happened. And then later in the week, when you're ready to move on uh, to the next Titans game, we will hit you with a terrific preview. That format is staying the same. We will be bringing on a guest every single week, a guest who is an expert on the opposing team. It starts with Patricia this week in the New York Giants. We've already got several big guests planned for the upcoming Titans games up, you know, week two, week three, following that Giants game. So we're hoping that you enjoy the new format. And uh, we thank our sponsor, The Pharmacy, for partnering with us on this new venture. Yes, that's right. One more reminder to check out The Pharmacy in East Nashville. Anytime you are feeling the need for a burger, a beer, a worst, that's your spot. 
So thanks again to the Pharmacy Burger. Thanks to all of you for listening. We will be back on Thursday. Until then, check out broadwaysportsmedia.com. Follow Justin on Twitter at JustinM underscore NFL. Follow me at Titans Film Room. Stay safe out there, everyone, and tighten up. A Broadway Sports Media Production.